You are listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have, of course, Tyler. We have Jim. We have a special guest for you tonight as well. We got Dan Zimborski. Let's welcome Dan. How's it going? Thanks for coming on the show. It's going well. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Going to talk some Pirates zips. Can't be any happier. <laughs> you could be. <laughs> <laughs> of all the could podcasts that could have yeah. jumped on. Could, could definitely be happier. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk, I guess, a little insight. So Dan, you've, you're, the, you're the godfather of zips, essentially, right? Well, it's on my computer, and I don't give anyone the password, so I, I kind of have it. Whoever I stole it from, I have it now. We won't tell. We'll keep the secret safe. So how many MLB The Show simulations do you run to get these numbers? <laughs> well, I, I like to tell a story that I just put you know, a little paper in this hat that my, that my parents handed. Got It's a family heirloom. But I, I, I figured that was a little too silly. Uh, ESPN, I think the real explanation was silly enough for them as it was so i didn't make up anything even sillier uh so it is what it is it's it spits out some numbers some of them are right some of them aren't uh some of them i wish were better some of them i don't but you know it's it's fun i've been doing this nearly 20 years now and that's kind of unbelievable but here we are how many times do you look at a number after it spits it out and go i don't believe that i'm gonna bump that up at least I, no i would never there's no <laughs> thumbs involved there are times that i get annoyed by it and trust me when i if i was changing some projections i can think a lot of a lot that i would change uh for instance uh, i'm from baltimore and there would be a lot of better baltimore projections than the ones that were actually <laughs> spat out uh, by zips um but no, it's it's a computer projection system with all the benefits and downfalls that come with a computer projection system. How often do people blame you personally for for the projection not being what they want it to be? <laughs> Surprisingly often. I, I don't know how to explain that. I just work here. I don't have any control over what the projections say. And, and you know, people don't always accept that. Yeah. I, I have another question for you as well. Just based on some feedback and input we got around draft time and rankings and such, not that this truly affects too much, but I mean, it's before the season starts. So there's projections, right? Um, how many GMs and owners are trying to get in your pockets to like manipulate the projections so that way they can get a better trade proposal or whatnot to, you know, overvalue their players or such? Well, I've, I've never had anyone do that. Uh, no, I do, no I've, I've sold a lot of data. And the thing is, teams want to see what the i mean no one can change a projection but teams do want to see what projections say because they know that other teams and player agents have access to the projections also uh i've i've done a lot of data consulting over the years uh but there's no one's ever tried to get me uh to change them uh hopefully it's because i have a reputation for professionalism and it's not just that i have a reputation for being difficult and not playing ball <laughs> so i am kind of difficult Nice, nice. Well, there it is. Is that? 
Um, but no, so one thing I want to ask you about, we'll talk a little bit about here. It's been, you know, it's been a few years since we've had you on. I'm sure there's probably new people listening uh, or ones that have forgotten. But, you know, you are on here. We're going to talk some pirates, zips and such. And, you know, we'll have a little bit here. Why don't you tell everyone who's listening? Because just for all these reasons, when they look at these projections and say, these are dumb, these are stupid, this makes no sense or whatever it is. Why don't you maybe explain to those people what the purpose of Zips is, how you founded it, you know, and, and again, what those projections mean. Okay, well, I'm going to talk for like 15 minutes now. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> this is why we brought you on. I'm going to go eat a sandwich now. <laughs> the, the, the basic way Zips works is it works on a similar level. If you've ever seen a, if you ever followed like a hurricane in the Caribbean or, or in the Pacific, where you have a little, little, like a little red hurricane symbol on the map, and there's this big cone that goes out for it. You're projecting very different things, but it's the same kind of concept. Zip starts by trying to get an a baseline of where the player is uh, just located in the baseball Caribbean instead of the actual one. Uh, and it uses history as a guide comparing players to large cohorts of players with similar qualities at similar ages. And it does some, you know, mathematical goodness generates a curve generates error bars and tries to get a little guess of where a player is going. Uh, the, the, the whole Procedure is a little more complex than this quick little spiel uh, suggests, but the idea is that we try to peek through the fog just a little bit because projecting the future is hard, uncertain. There's a lot of variability. Uh, and, you know, as projection systems go, Zips does have a history of working uh, to the level, or should I say the level of inaccuracy that we desire to uh, keep it at. Uh, I, I think that it's been a useful product over the last 20 years for people and people seem interested in it. And it's a lot of fun, especially when there is no baseball news going on right now, uh, except sad news of, of players and owners not really talking that much. Uh, I came up with the idea kind of in the nineties with a friend of mine named Chris dial. Uh, he was on Sabres board for a while. He's uh one of the guys who kind of spearheaded Rawlings relationship with uh, Saber that kind of improved the gold glove awards. And in the nineties, we talked about doing a basic projection system that would kind of get us most of the way there uh, because at the time, really the only projection systems were baseball prospectus. I forget if they were on Wilton or Vlad at, in this time period uh, and kind of fantasy magazines that preview the season. Uh, we, well, we never got back to that idea. And then in the, uh, the early aughts around 2002, 2003, uh, Vorsch McCracken had published research on his dips work. And I kind of wanted to integrate that into kind of a modern projection system. And then one thing led to another and nearly 20 years later, it turned out to be not as bad a waste of time as I expected <laughs> back then. It turned out to be mildly useful, which, which is pleasing and surprising. Nice. So, so, so that was like the creation of it. So, so now of course the numbers spew out, um, you know, what, what are you kind of looking for? Like what zips the product, the model itself looking for to get these numbers? Well, let's, let's start with an example. Let's say it's starting with, with Brian Reynolds. 
Uh, it's trying to project Brian Reynolds. So what it, what it'll start by doing is taking recent seasons, uh, some advanced data like the stuff you see from StatCast, and it establishes a baseline, kind of the expectation before any kind of development or aging uh, for, for Reynolds through the end of the 2021 season. And then Zips will compare his baseline at this point of his career to every other player's similarly calculated baseline at every portion of their career. That's major leaguers going back to 1920, minor leaguers going back to the early 60s. And then it comes up with a large cohort of similar players, Uh, not identical players because, you know, no two players are truly identical. But the idea is you just want players who are roughly comparable in in abilities, the kind of the shape of their contribution. And you get guys like like Bernie Williams, Chili Davis, Mark Kotze, uh, uh, Wally Moon, or Orlando Merced, uh, Darren Erstad, uh, Lee Mazzilli, Coco Crisp, Sam West. I'm just reading these off. I'm I'm not just taking these off Coco, the top of my head. Coco That'd be very, Crisp very was weird. what Lolo Sanchez's for, or comp. Reggie Coco. Smith, Rusty Greer, David DeJesus, and so on and so forth. Roughly similar types of players at similar portions of their career, and then it examines how they develop from there. Uh, it's, it's an exercise in non-parametric modeling for those who are interested in the math. And then it comes up with, you know, the median outlook, the, the outliers, like it, like for Ryan Reynolds, it projects him to hit 280 with a 362 on base percentage and a 480 slugging percentage. But there are error bars associated with that. Uh, it has him with a 20% chance of having a 150 OPS plus. And a 20% chance of only having a 104 OPS plus. And that's the kind of error bar we're looking for uh, or we're, we're looking at just because, the, again, the future is really, really, really uncertain. Uh, and hopefully, uh, maybe not necessarily for Pirates fans, but hopefully for for my personal interest that the projections work out well over the course of the season. Uh, and then I'm right as often as I'm supposed to be. And as weird as it sounds from someone modeling something, you're kind of, since you're projecting different percentiles, you kind of want to be wrong a specific amount of time because that's how you know your model is calibrated. I know that sounds odd, but it's just kind of how it works. Uh, And that's pretty much how Zips works. So how much did the introduction of StatCast really change your projections? It didn't drastically change projections because the thing is uh, per- performance does a, is, is kind of the low-hanging fruit. Uh, it allows us to kind of get a, to smooth out the projections a bit, kind of uh, calibrate them a little more accurately. But the easy part is just weighing different seasons in the, in the proper way. Uh, bias towards recency the 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 weighting of the years the which stats vary more than others uh statcast has helped us has modify that a little bit but it's not really groundbreaking in this way because there's only so accurate we're really going to get with one-year projections uh i think that statcast is actually more useful uh for long-term projections i think it's actually helped the 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 upside and downside projections a little more than say the mean projections but it's useful data and we're still fairly early in the statcast era we're still figuring out the consequences of of all that data what the data mean uh and that's something that that will take you know several years a long time 
Uh, and there's probably still a lot in that data that we just don't quite know the predictive value of yet. So, you know, the, <clears throat> the formula spits out all these numbers. Um, you know, clearly one of the things it doesn't really take into account is, is stuff like playing time, right? Or, you know, the, things like that. So uh, what's, what's kind of an easy way, like if you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at the, these pirates projections, right? Um, you, you know, you have a lot of people with, you know, over 300, 400 plate appearances in a year. What What's kind of the way to look at those? Because, um, I mean, some of these people obviously aren't even going to be making yeah. the major leagues, but, you know, they've, they've got projections, right? So, or there's going to be some people who maybe they'll be role players or bench players. But, um, like, kind of talk to us a little bit about that and how the projections kind of deal with playing time. Uh, well, you can think of them as kind of equivalent playing time where players are projected to generally get about that playing time, but it's not necessarily going to be in the majors. Sometimes they'll be in the minors. Uh, I think that it's a much more useful tool for a projection system and a much more use of a projection system to tell us, you know, how good a player is, not who will play. I don't think that's a particularly interesting question to ask a, any, any type of projection system uh, like, the, like the pirates picking up park. He's not going to go into as, as far as I know, into the season with like a starting job, but it's interesting to know how he, what the computer, how the computer thinks he could hit, whether the pirates like him or not, where they see his future position, if anything, that's kind of not really a great question to ask a computer. Uh, like, I, I think I use Julio Rodriguez uh, as an example for the Mariners. He might not even play in the majors this year, maybe probably towards the end of the year, but even if he doesn't play, I want to know how good he is. I don't want to see a projection of zero, 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 because it doesn't really tell me anything. Uh, mm -hmm. I can decide for myself who the, who the Mariners like. I can talk with people in the Mariners and get an idea. I can read th things they've said to other people. I don't think that's a great use of a projection system. What a projection system does well is it weighs large amounts of data and comes up with an objective systematic conclusion based on that data. Uh, so I try to keep zips as, you know, human free as possible so they can do the best job of the data and leave the extras to people who are using the data. makes sense so maybe do you guys want to get into uh the pirate specific talk of zips now a whole lot of zeros <laughs> yeah let's, hey let's, there's let's, some negatives too there's some negative numbers also yeah i mean there's there's some negatives but let's let, i mean let's talk about the positives first i mean i think the first person that you know when 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 these got released to the public the one thing that jumped out on jumped out to everybody and, and you know pirates twitter you know first thing that they saw was o'neill cruz you know basically being the second best hitter on the team second best player on the team um that that was pretty much i think the the number one storyline here because we you know we we saw two games of o'neill cruz um you know of major league baseball but you know he he also lit up double a so I guess, uh, and then the comp's not bad too. I mean, Adam Jones comp. I mean, I guess is that like prime Adam Jones? Uh, uh, how I guess talk, talk walk through, walk me through the comps. So is that like is that a certain age Adam Jones, or is that like an average of Adam Jones over his career? That's 
Well, as I say, uh, when I establish a baseline for a player, it compares it to every other's player's baseline expectation at a similar point in their career. So when I do okay. cruise, uh, I'm just looking at the exact years. It's seeing O'Neill Cruz's uh, baseline right now as similar to Adam Jones's baseline expectation after as of the end of the 2009 season, uh, which, which which is yeah. pretty good. He had already yeah. he got up a little quicker than when uh, than he did because the Orioles didn't really have much going for them. He had already played a season in the majors, uh, but as an offensive player, he was very similar to Cruz and, and Cruz and Jones had a breakout later, uh, but zip sees him. Uh, I use a series of techniques called cluster analysis uh, that, that sees Jones's baseline as the most similar to Cruz at similar points in their career. I think the most interesting part of Cruz's stat line, if you're even just looking at like counting statistics, like home runs, for example, 17 home runs, you know, Zips has him at a 361 plate appearances too. So it's almost like, well, what would that mean though? Then if he had 600 plate appearances, right. Um, then you look at yeah, it. Could, it could be very good. Yeah. You know, that's a, a 30 Homer, 23 year old rookie shortstop. Right. Um, so that, I think that's what got people excited. I guess with somebody like Cruz where like, there's just not a lot of major league data is, is his, because I mean, what we've read about Cruz coming up through his minor league career, the entire career was this guy is probably one of the biggest boomer bust guys like in professional baseball, right? Um, like his, his, the, he could be really good. He could be really bad. And he probably actually isn't even anywhere in between that. Like he's going to be one of the two. Um, but I understand for, for projections, you got to kind of pick in the middle there. So I guess, um, like does cruises, like you, you mentioned Reynolds in his range, right. Where it seemed like 60% of the time he was going to be between one Oh five and one fifty OPS plus is cruises range like a lot higher than, than somebody like Reynolds. Yeah. His 20 to 80% is, uh, like 65 points of OPS plus. And since they're right around 100, it's, it's more significant just the way that OPS plus works the difference between 100 and 150 is a lot larger than 150 to 200 mm -hmm. uh there there is quite a bit of you know boom bust potential uh and i think one of the other uncertainties is just how good his defense will be at the major league level that's still up in the air zips is kind of taking the middle approach and thinking it's not that much of a problem now but it could turn out to be uh that's been a source of disagreement uh, among, pros among prospect hounds for a long time, as you guys probably know. Like, does he have to? When will he move to third? He's such a big, he's such a big guy, uh, which is which I don't mind because I, I'm again, I'm from from uh, Baltimore, and Ripken was smaller than Cruz, but Ripken wasn't exactly a little guy either, uh, and was just fine defensively. Uh, there's definitely some uncertainty, but the thing is, for a rebuilding team like the Pirates, and I, I hate to use the R word. Risk is the friend of the pirates. You don't want certainty for players. You want players with upside because the downside doesn't really matter to the team. Uh, if you can, if you have, a, if every prospect they have was like a coin flip where they're either a star or nothing, the pirates would take that because you you keep the stars, the guys who don't work out, they don't really matter to the future of the team. Uh, a contending team doesn't have that same kind of. Uh, just flexibility. Like when the Mets sign a player, they 
expect to compete in 2022. They don't want a coin flip. They'd rather have someone who they're pretty sure is a two or three win player than a guy who might be a star or might just be replacement level. Uh, so guys like Cruz, I mean, the Pirates shouldn't mind that kind of risk. They should be absorbing as much of this risk as they can get. The riskier, the better right now. So to kind of expand on that <clears throat> defensive part you talked about, does Zips look into, or is he stuck at shortstop in the projections? Because I know in Pittsburgh, we've discussed a lot that he's not even third base. We're talking about the outfield. So are we looking particularly just at shortstop on these projections? Or? Yeah, this projection is just him at shortstop. Zips is actually fairly optimistic about him at shortstop, at least in the short term. Uh, what I use, obviously, it's not ideal, uh, but since we have better data in the in the majors and the minors, uh, what Zips does is I do have uh, every ball tracked uh, using game day data, and I have a probabilistic model that uh, estimates the probability of a of a fielder getting to every ground ball, every line drive, every fly ball. Uh, so it's it's kind of a rough zone rating uh, with the negatives that that imply, uh, but it's better than, I guess just to be mean to myself, I'll say it's better than nothing. Uh, but the approach has done well in the past and has found some some pretty good defensive players. Like uh, it loved uh, Luis Robert of the White Sox uh, defensively in the minors, had him as the second best outfielder in 2019. Uh, so who knows uh sometimes players who aren't expected to be good defensively are and sometimes players who are expected to be great defensively are not uh i think we can kind of talk about gregory polanco there or maybe we shouldn't <laughs> too soon too soon too man. soon <laughs> what what is the what is the uh the horizon where we can talk about like pirates disappointments like can we make pat mears jokes uh, oh yeah Oh yeah. Pat, to be honest, Pat Mears, yeah, Pat jokes are good. So we we can make fun of the Kevin Young contract. Sure. We Kevin we were Young, very yeah. mean on him in the nascent internet. We were very mean to him on the nascent internet at the time. Uh, we kind of call him KY Jelly Roll. <laughs> I will say this though the uh, the going back to the Pat Mears days the uh, the the number one comp you have for Key Brian Hayes. I feel like that's bringing PTSD <laughs> yes. to people. To me, <laughs> yes, yeah, Ty Wigington. Um, that's not who we wanted to see next to Cabrian Hayes's name. <laughs> but here's the thing. These, these are offensive cops. If Ty Wigginton could field like Cabrian Hayes does, Ty Wigginton would have been a much better player than Ty Wigginton turned out to be. Think Still of it that way, like I, I didn't that's go to true. work today and expect to look at my phone <laughs> to see Ty Wigginton next to Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> it just hurts. But Wigginton yeah. was not a bad offensive player. If he could no, have he pirates, he was. Okay, well, a lot of players were bad with the pirates. <laughs> Just go ahead and turn that knife. <laughs> Next, but, we'll um, just talk about Mitch Keller. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think you want to talk about that. For... <laughs> not not no, quite yet. We don't want to get no. to the pitchers yet, yeah. What I want to do, though, is, yeah, just go back to Cruz. And I'm not sure if you even have this top of your head, but just relatively speaking. Um, do you know, like, where he ranks among, like, the other rookies? I mean, as far as the projections go, oh, he, uh, I don't have the top there. I don't have it filtered very cleanly to do that, I don't think. 
Uh, well, maybe even I, like can, other I, can, I can tell you around like short stops, you know. Okay, well, here, here, I, can, I can do age real quick. Mm-hmm. I just don't have on my big zip spreadsheet, I don't have a filter for rookie. Sure. Uh, just because that can be annoying to get sometimes. Oops. Okay. Especially this filter by war. You literally have all the data in the world. Yeah, but I, I hate figuring out who rookies because I always forget who because I have to figure out the the, the, the roster yeah. service yeah. time exactly. And that's such a gigantic pain. Uh among 23-year-olds, he ranks among uh position players sixth. Okay. Uh but the 23-year-olds ahead of him uh are Juan Soto, which Obviously, he's going to oh, be behind. Or he's only 23. Yeah. No. Fernando Tatis <laughs> Jr., who's obviously going to be behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is obviously going to be behind. Uh, and then he, then we kind of get in, into the normal route because then there's a three-win drop from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to Dylan Carlson, uh, then Andres Jimenez of the Guardians, uh, then, then Cruz, then Akil Badu. And uh, Kybert Ruiz of the Nats uh, and Nick Prado of the Royals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's impressive. So he ranks well for the for yeah. the age. Uh, let me you, if if you take out the just the mega generational talents, you know, you're talking about a top player his age. Yeah, and I think that if he has the season that he's projected to, unless I'm forgetting someone, which I could be. Uh, because rookie of the year has been kind of weird lately because of the shortened season. Uh, like Arizona had like three playoff appearances before he won the rookie of the year award or something. I think at one point Arozarena like had more <laughs> home runs in the playoffs than he did in the regular season, and he had played like 150 regular season games too. So yeah, it was something crazy like that. Yeah, I did the uh, the NL. I, I I was not an AL Rookie of the Year voter. I voted the NL because I'm in the Cincinnati chapter of, of the Baseball Writers Association. But I would have had to look and remind myself that Arizona was a rookie just because that was all very, very weird. Right. Uh, but let's see. I'm looking at Cruz. Okay, 2.5 war. I'm looking at 22-year-olds. These are just the hitters. I'm not getting the pictures since they're almost. And among 22-year-olds, he would, he would tie for a third. Uh, I don't see who has the uh, he would be fourth actually uh, behind Bobby Wick Jr. Spencer Torkelson and Nolan Gorman. All to so, be expected. Yeah, so these are not. So it's a, it's a very solid projection for a rookie. Uh, so it it's it's a reason to be happy. Mm-hmm. You got to hold on right. to those reasons. And keep in mind the projection is based off of 361 plate appearances. Yeah, so there's the possibility that he could go yeah. higher. Yeah. Or also, lower, depending on what the yeah. Pirates are. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing? I can we, actually, we while can, I'm here, can. I could see how he's ranked on rest of career for the position. We could see, we could see Kevin Newman probably getting 80 <laughs> starts at shortstop again. We don't need to get in that part of the projections yet. Which, by the way, hey, Zips has about a one war. So that's, I mean, that's a positive war. That's. Uh, he already told us about the defensive stuff. So that's probably all of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Zips does have him as the, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, the number seven shortstop for rest of career war. Nice. 
uh, behind, as you might have guessed, Tatis, Franco, uh, Bobichette, uh, Bobby Wick Jr., Carlos Correa, and Trey Turner. All right. So Dan just confirmed that O'Neill Cruz is a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Lies. You heard it here first. Lies. Two games Making played. Making this more difficult to edit at least so I can edit quote. Confirmed. <laughs> We've got the title of our podcast, folks. It has been projected <laughs> as a future Hall of Famer. The first six, well, yeah, seven so shortstop. Yeah, so who's eight? Six, seven, so you said he's seventh. Who's eight? Oh, oh hold on. I actually right. undid it. Let me redo that. So that means he's, a, he's ahead of like Lindor. He's still relatively young. Yeah, he's uh, right ahead of uh, Lindor, Seager. Uh, some of that is age since That's Lindor it? and, and Seager right. both going under 28, age 28. Tweet season. it. <laughs> O'Neill Cruz, better than Lindor. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it also tells us that Cruz is worth more than like $300 million. So. Oh yeah, it's paying now. It's a bargain right now, right? We found our next Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> there we go. According to Fangraphs, but I, I, I think go. yeah, but I think out of everything that that we see here on the Pirates, that the that O'Neill Cruz projection, I think, was the most exciting thing that we saw. Only definitely. Um, I mean, we already talked a little bit about Brian Reynolds. Um, I, I think people were disappointed because they were like, oh, he's coming off a five-and-a-half war season, and how is he only going to have 3.9 war? But you kind of explained there. And you, yeah, you I, even explained I knew that, that was coming. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I saw the projection coming, I said, uh-oh, I'm going to have to spend some of the time in my article explaining this where i'm gonna hear it later that, that's that's what these little blurbs are that accompany the uh the uh the projections are for they're just to kind of keep me from getting headaches getting me out of trouble somehow <laughs> at least so, less, so, right yeah so in the yeah. article i mean i mean you explain kind of why the projection sees him that way right um and so kind of you know go go i guess a little a little more into that well, basically, just to get an example of because there's a risk of something called recency bias. And, yeah, he's at an age where players break out, but huge breakouts tend to come with a step backwards. Uh, in the article, what I did is I compared him to uh, every hitter who had a season of at least five war, but fewer than seven war at ages 25 to 27. And then I limited it to only players for it was a two win improvement on their previous career best war. So the idea was to get players of similar breakouts of similar size and similar ages. And we had 146 players there. Uh, and of those 146 players, only 15 matched their war from their breakout year the next year. Uh, less uh, uh, fewer than a quarter of them uh, hit five wins the following season. And uh, almost half fell short of even three wins the following season. And as I said at the time, one player was below replacement level. That was poor Cito Gaston, uh, who went from like a 900 OPS in 1970 to like 650 in, in 1971. Uh, so some regression is likely and it's just the nature of baseball. Uh, you have a breakout season and it's a game of constant adjustment and it's hard to to maintain breakouts just because the, the league is so devoted to crushing every improvement, every adjustment. Uh, 
Call it the Madden curse. Call it the Wheaties box curse. Call it regression toward the mean. It's all kind of the same thing. I feel like uh, it also can't help with the shortened season last year. So looking at everything, it can't really help projections. Yeah, it unfortunately, because people ask me, so so Dan, what are you doing to compensate for for the shortened COVID season? How is Zips dealing with that? And my answer, I always laugh thing. about is I say, oh, poorly. There's absolutely nothing I could do because the games didn't happen. So there are fewer games. So you're going to just on a fundamental level, be worse at projecting things because it's based on less baseball. And we rather have more baseball than less baseball. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's what I was going to kind of hint to as well, like how much that 60 season factored in. Because like Brian Reynolds is like the perfect candidate for that, you know, because he had a rookie season, which was pretty good. You know, it's very well. And then that 2020 was awful. And then he broke out, had that five war. So I was like, I wonder how much that played into a lot of this and, you know, skews, maybe I say skews, like you said, it's the numbers are the numbers. You can't argue it, but yeah, how much that was, might affect things. Yeah. Obviously it took some guessing because the thing is uh, you had to, you, you had no way to get around having to do some educated guesswork because we never had a season like 2020 in history to kind of guide us on the best way to kind of mix the projections. Uh, obviously uh, 2020 was a much smaller part of the 2021 projection than any other previous season like going into a projection would be it was like the the least useful recent season in history uh and zips you know wasn't super excited about Reynolds going to the season because it was still the most recent season and it wasn't just a weak season his his little covid year was was pretty awful oh it was terrible <laughs> i mean we right. yeah if it wasn't for 2019 he'd probably have trouble with most teams even having a starting job in 2021 that's how bad 2020 was uh so thank that 2019 and the pirates being terrible so they had a if he had gotten off to a poor start he would have had a longer leash than with some other organizations uh and it's a good thing he did because he had a terrific season i was just looking back at some previous zips projections just based upon what you said looking back at the 20, I think going into 2015, Josh Harrison, <clears throat> age 26 year, just breaks out. Projections did not love him. I'm sure you heard about that from Pirates fans. I don't remember now, but I probably did. I'm trying to remember who was mad at me every year. <laughs> See, there's all, that's, that's the weird thing about doing this. There's, there's different eras where different fandoms hate me. There was like the, the era where Padres fans hated me because I made fun of the Matt Kemp trade and they were super excited mm. for, for very poor reasons because there was no reason to be excited about acquiring Matt Kemp since he doesn't actually play defense and isn't that wasn't that good a hitter. Uh, so they didn't like me at that point, but they liked me last year uh, and they didn't like me the year I projected Hosmer to kind of be Eric Hosmer. But uh, so I don't think I've gotten any particular hatred for from Pirates fans I think most of it's saved kind of for ownership. And the three Pirates fans are right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the gang's all here. <clears throat> um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, so kind of the theme about the hate, you know, we talked about Cruz, a little bit about Reynolds in here, but let's maybe pivot more to the Brian Hayes, because I think there's a lot of people that are very, very high on Hayes. You saw his 
of course, it was a shortened season, but his rookie year where he just blew up and was fantastic. Obviously, last year, there was um, things more to be desired from. So his projections this year, still a below uh, average hitter, 94 OPS plus, but 2.5 war because if you know we see the, the glove there. Um, I mean, maybe just even your personal take or whatever, but I mean, your, your thoughts on Hayes is that, I mean, again, the tie Wigington, we understand, but, um, it's, it's a pretty low offensive number there. Well, well, the thing was, is his glove developing as a prospect was always expected to be the best part of his game. He, he, he did it, you know, tear up the minor leagues offensively in 2019 in AAA. I mean, yeah, he had that huge cup of coffee at the end of, uh, in, in 2020, but in 2019, I mean, he was a 750 OPS guy in AAA. He was not someone who was projected to be a great hitter, just when it came down to it. And I think people probably got a little too excited when he came up in, in, in 2020 in that part, I guess, half season, as weird as that is. And he just, you know, killed the ball for, for a month and a half. Uh, that was always going to be kind of above the expectation. I mean, he had a 450 Babbitt in in 2020 uh now there is a chance uh i mean zips is aware that he did have a wrist injury that he missed time for uh and it tries to compensate for different injuries uh that of course is very difficult because not every injury is the same uh not every player played through an injury for uh, the same amount of time so there is some upside there offensively i think uh but i'm not that disappointed with the projection simply because i think it reflects kind of where he was offensively except for six weeks in the majors in, in 2020. Uh, that's not to say that he's a, going to be a bad hitter. I just think that he's going to be a glove first guy and that's fine. And there've been a lot of super valuable glove first guys. Uh, I mean, it, think of it this way, his relatively disappointing offensive projection still leaves him as an above average player. So anything above that, I mean, that's like gravy. That's 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 the whipped cream on top, not not the, not on the gravy. That'd be weird. <laughs> I actually, I actually think that the Zips projections for Hayes are kind of optimistic because most of the hitting optimism we've heard is based upon scouting projection and not really past results. Because as you said, he didn't really hit in the minors that well. He's a glove first guy. And everything we hear is just based upon projection and mechanical changes, really, of him becoming a productive major league hitter. So we'll see. <laughs> That's kind of where we've been at for two years on him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think our, our whole thing was basically like, you know, we were probably expecting Hayes to be an average hitter. And then because of the glove, right, that pushes him into being a well above average major leaguer and then yeah if, if he is able to become an above average hitter combine that with the glove then you're talking about maybe an all-star caliber player you know putting up four five win seasons right um so i i, I mean i'm looking at this projection and I, i'm kind of right in line i think fans in general you know want to see players develop over the years and like every year he's going to get a little bit better until he kind of is through his prime but um i mean he had an 88 weighted runs created plus last year. So, you know, this is still projecting him to even be a little bit better than that. You know, last year, 373 slugging zips has him at a 400 slugging, you know, for, for this coming year. So um, if he would have stepped yeah. on first base, he probably would have a 400 slugging. 
That, that is true. Does it take into account him not stepping on first base that one time? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not that granular. Because <laughs> that actually is true. I think we did the calculations where, like, if he would have actually touched first base on that home run, I think it would have bumped his slugging up, like, 15 or 20 points. Well, I could just just for just for humor. Uh, let me make sure it's open. I could I could simply add one home run to his total yeah. and see if it makes it, it, it won't make a big change. But yeah, uh, I have to make sure not to save it. That it's like permanently part of my database. <laughs> the, the revisionist history projection. Yes. OK, now we go from eight to nine. And we didn't even have to pay Dan. We got this done for free. And his projection goes from 2.5 war to 2.5 war. There we go. But there there are, uh, uh, let's see, it's it's 2.46 now. And with the one fewer homer, it was 2.38. So it's... Yeah. But that we can't do that though. That's the revisionist history one. <laughs> yeah. That one doesn't and everyone will have evidence. Ball went yes. over the wall. That's true. It went, it went over the fence. He <laughs> hit the ball over the fence. Yeah. So and just I guess to follow up too, like curious on the um the variance in uh in Hayes as well. Oh, the variance. Hold on. I don't actually have that open anymore. <laughs> We're killing you. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's, well, I could, I'm, I'm looking at like it in, in a different where it's cut and paste. That's just not as visually easy. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a smaller variance than Cruz, but it's a larger variance than Reynolds. Uh, the, the, the 20 to 80 percentile was like 40 some points here with OPS. Okay. So, as you can see, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes on with what you expect. He's not as risky as Cruz, but he's certainly riskier than Reynolds is. Gotcha. Yeah. Do we want to talk about any other offensive players? Jim, just hammer the <laughs> pitching staff. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I feel like there's not much. I mean, first of all, there's not much exciting uh, on the bat. Like, it's the three guys that we talked about. After that, I mean, it's like, do we really need to hear about Hoy Park? Do we really need to hear about... Newman, Michael, Tucker. Chavis. I mean, it's just that the projections aren't yeah. super exciting. I mean, right. players like Nor Park do, we care. do have useful <laughs> projections, but the one to two win guys, you know, the, the Rays find like 15 of them every year. It's not super exciting. Minus. They took like three of them from us. <laughs> At least. <laughs> so I guess in one trade. One thing I did find interesting, right, because, you know, we, we kind of made a big deal about the Jacob Stallings deal, the Jacob Stallings trade. Mm. And I mean, it, it looks like that based off of these projections, you know, you're not really going to have too much of a drop off between say a Jacob Stallings, um, you know, catcher and Perez and Richie, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Perez is a very, is a very good defensive catcher also. I know people were disappointed, but I, I think some people got the idea maybe that, that that he was young because he wasn't. It's like this is not like a twenty four year old up and comer. Yeah. I mean, he was very good defensively, but you're not going to build around you know a, a thirty two year old defensive catcher. 
Uh, I mean, the Definitely Reds not. did yeah. not build around Tucker Barnhart. I mean, he had no, every now and then. No. <laughs> and Tucker Barnhart is still younger than 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 Stallings. Yeah, I think that's fair. The other one, offensive player, just to shortly bring up, is Yoshi. How hard is it to find a projection for him? Because he just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, those those are always hard. Uh, but uh, I, he's just I I do have Japanese data which helps, but it is there are just larger error bars when you're translating from Japan yeah. to the U.S. Zips was more excited uh, before last season with the well before he came. I would like to say, okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, probably much more excited after his little stretch with the Pirates. Yeah, he if if not for that, his projection would have been a lot worse because he did not play that well for the other. I completely forgot about his stint with the Dodgers. I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Yeah, it was yeah, I think Dodgers <laughs> fans probably want to forget about that too. It was it was bad. That's like the one player the Dodgers though feel like they want to forget about, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it must suck to be a Dodgers fan. All right, Jim, kill the pitchers. Yeah, let's let's move on to the pitching. (laughs) Yeah, so so let me, I guess, lead off with, I mean, to not necessarily go into individual pitchers, there is one person in particular I did want to ask about, so we'll get into that. But, I mean, just just kind of real quick, this pitching staff as a whole, when, I mean, you've you've ran every team already. Is, Is this the worst pitching staff? In baseball, I, I think that it's definitely in contention. I think before the the Rangers got John Gray, there was an argument that if something happened to Dane Dunning, uh, that they would be worse than the Pirates. But I think the Pirates are probably the worst because you look at you look at the other poor pitching teams; they do have something better going for them in each of them. Uh, like I, I I know we talked off pod about the Orioles and my comparison of them to the Pirates, but the Orioles are going to have a pretty bad pitching staff. But I think John Means would be the best pitcher on the Pirates. Uh, And I think in someone like Grayson Rodriguez, they do have someone who has probably more short-term and long-term upside than anyone who's likely to be in the Pirate rotation this year. Uh, So I I think the Orioles probably have a better one. Uh, And then you you look at some other teams and, and I would probably say that the Pirates have the worst. Touching on Mitch Keller, is this the worst projection he's ever had? Uh, I believe that it is. Uh, Zips has kind of been waiting for him to lose more of the walks every year than he has. And now he has made some progress uh, from time to time. Uh, His stint in 2021 was much, much better then then uh let's let's just say those five starts in the covid year were were kind of weird in which he had that good era but he was very wild it was uh, yeah he's, it, was he's, like the com- he, it was the complete opposite of 19 <laughs> where it was like 19 he actually pitched well but the numbers didn't support it and then 20 he pitched terrible but like the era was good it was weird and and, and zips keeps waiting for kind of him to that kind of click in the majors because it wasn't like he was like a Matt Parisha who walked a million batters in the minors. He didn't, he was fine in the minors, but he's had just these 
lapses in command in the majors, which is called them. Uh, and and Zips has generally been pretty patient with him, but it just wasn't super excited at all from about his 2021. Uh, and even if it thinks that his walks are going to be better than the four point something it was in 2021, um, uh, it also thought that he was slightly lucky with the home runs allowed. Uh, so Zips, I mean, it's still a usable projection. It's still a good fourth, fifth starter, but it's not really that exciting anymore. Today, I learned that Zips has the same opinion as Pirates fans. We're waiting on it to click for Mitch Keller. <laughs> yeah, Zips and, was Zips was yeah. patient for a while, but the computer yeah. patience runs out. Yeah, now we're all exhausted. Well, and I think that's what the problem is here with the staff. If you look at these, right, you know, Mitch Keller, the, these numbers are usable if he's a fourth or fifth starter and the numbers are usable for every other person on the sheet if they're a fourth or fifth starter <laughs> but, but like you can't have an entire team of fourth or fifth starters and and you know six starters even um and, and expect to to be competitive in any way um i yeah, guess when it kind of yeah it, 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 oh, sorry. It, it it's funny but i mean you look at the projections it's not like that that like everyone's below replacement level or anything it's just mm-hmm. that it's a sea of just mediocrity i guess is the best way to describe it the 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 10th best pirate starting picture might actually be better than the 10th best starting picture in a lot of organizations but the problem is their 10th best starter probably isn't that much worse than their best starter right right i think the (laughs) difference like looking at here the difference between jt brubaker and dylan peters you know probably not a whole lot (laughs) you know um yeah i mean you you see like brubaker is like in the era of four and a half and you look down wave and you see someone you've never heard of has an era like half a run lower i would imagine the range for the pirates pitchers is very small like one through ten we're we're almost certain to have just a bunch of four and a half era to five starters yeah it's it's it it could it could be worse there's not much upside there but it could be worse. Could the it? games will actually end. They'll eventually get 27 <laughs> outs and everyone gets to go home. And how many guys in a rebuilding year, that is all you ask for. Man, how many guys have to have Tommy John before that? <laughs> well, maybe you can get like, a, you can probably get like a group discount for that. <laughs> like, 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 like a little, like one of those subway cards that they punch. Might need one of those. I hope they have a good Every 10th. Every tenth one's free. <laughs> before, um, before I get to my one guy who I was actually, I actually wanted to talk about here in the pitching staff. But um, real quick, Zach Thompson just acquired by the Marlins. You know, journeyman was in the minors for like eleven years. Finally debuted and pitched well. Um, and it seems like, you know, like so, like how how do you weigh that two to three month span of the majors, but with an eleven year old minor league journeyman uh, i mean we do have minor league translations which work pretty well obviously you prefer to have major league data uh and and sadly uh you know thompson was i i it, it's hard i mean you look at his projection and it is you know it, it is the third best era plus on the team at 100 mm-hmm. so that's that's interesting at least i mean right I think the problem is that in any trade, you kind of want a guy who has higher upside 
and maybe a lower downside in compensation. Uh, Zach Thompson is probably a better version of a lot of Pirates pitchers. Uh, he's sort of below average-ish, maybe, as a starter. Uh, but, you, I mean, what's, what's the upside? He, he's not going to break out and be like a number two guy for a decade. Uh, he's not young. Uh, so it's, it's just not, probably not just the best type of picture for the Pirates to acquire. I think that a contending team probably would have been a better fit for Thompson. Look, like I'm re-listening to our last like 24 podcasts. <laughs> well, see, well, we started with we started with yeah. the good projections. So this is just getting darker and darker uh, right, as it goes yeah. on. Yeah, it's 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 like starting a it's like starting a movie, and like the first half is Three's Company, and it just morphs into like like Requiem for a Dream, like while it while it goes. Uh, I mean, or, or we're just like watching a Pirates game. <laughs> <laughs> we do this three and a half hours every night so uh but no, actually it's funny i want to talk about thompson and sticking to him because um with all a lot of these pitchers i mean like jt brubaker is like another example i've talked about like chad cool and such i feel like the pirates have a lot of guys that they're forced to be starters but like if like on a lot of teams that could be relievers as well and zach thompson i feel like fits that mold also so i see his like of course, projections are 430 ERA, 81.7 innings. Is there something that maybe shows to like, okay, like if you were a reliever, you know, yeah, how much I, better could he be or such? Yeah, I can actually do that in, in a in a minute. I'm gonna have to filibuster for like 45 <laughs> seconds while I open things. Uh <laughs> So in the news today, <laughs> but and, and you know I don't know if it's you know zips even if it's your personal you know thought on this or whatever, but just you know like is there maybe some disproportionate difference in these pirates pitchers like from starters to relievers because I feel like most of them probably better off in a bullpen. Well, that I I couldn't track very quickly. It might be something to do for an article at some point. But in any case, as a full time starter. Uh, Thompson has a projected ERA of 4.61, which is an ERA plus of 93. And as a reliever, he has a uh, full-time projection of 3.83 or an ERA plus of 112. Interesting. Which would make him the second best reliever on the team. Okay. Hmm. That tracks well. And I feel like that's what he's better suited for, but it's the Pirates, so he probably will end up Getting a lot of starts. <laughs> really, I mean, you, you you say like, what is the role of X and Y X player on a team on the Pirates? And it's the answer is going to be wherever. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much they're just gonna they're just gonna throw some yeah. innings at some point, some reason. We're just gonna try to survive this year. Yeah, and like, the games need to end. But we felt like that for two years now. <laughs> getting a little old well at least i stopped projecting uh vasquez Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, i finally stopped this year i do it out of habit but i I think at this point it's done (laughs) yeah i feel like he he had one inning projected no i i i I think steamer might have okay yeah we don't don't use Vasquez on here yeah we don't well that's why tyler would have known yeah, that's true. <laughs> or it could be our group text that we talked about it earlier, but let's blame yeah, Steam, Tyler. Yeah, Steamer still gives him a one-inning projection. Okay. Uh, 
I, I think. I mean, it's point, something we've talked about every year, though, just jo- and jokingly, you know. But you have is, to have it. Is he in jail yet? I'm not really sure what the status is of that. I think he's yes. in jail. Yeah. Yes. Like okay. Okay. I just looked it up. He's yeah. two to four years in state prison. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that many compared. It's to- not. Like it seems rather light. Yes, but. To change the subject off of that, <laughs> I want to make Tyler. fun of Jim real quick because I did see that Zips projects Wade Miley at a 2.8 war. And I know you haven't listened to our podcast, Dan, but Jim has been all aboard the Wade Miley experience for the Pirates. And I just want to give him the floor for a minute to complain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the Pirates would have just claimed Wade Miley, he'd be twice as better. Twice, he'd be two times better than the Pirates' best pitcher. Uh, they got Adam. They got Adam for nothing. Do, 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 well, you know what, do you know what always amuses me about Wade Miley? Do do an image search of him. He takes the most uncomfortable photographs of any major league player. Do an image search. Anyone who's listening to this, do a Google image search for Wade Miley. He's either looks sad or like someone's threatening him to try and smile in every picture. No, it is I'll, pretty good. I'll do that. However, I'll say one that might rival is Jeff Carstens, not to put him on blast. (laughs) Jeff Carstens has a nice image gallery. He does. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Carstens is more like action, though. Yeah, there's like this, there's like a certain like uncomfortable picture pose. Like thin, (laughs) thin pictures always have this this pose where their arms are outstretched and their faces are distorted. While every fat picture, there's always a freeze frame, like their arm is bent, but they're leaning over and their bellies is kind of sticking out. There's like a genre of uncomfortable picture uh, <laughs> photograph based on body type. But yeah, Jeff Carlson's all his photos on image a Google image search yeah. are him looking like he's, you know, being like shot by a predator gun or something while he's <laughs> mid firing. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's his that, page is kind of crazy. That was our best pitcher for a few years. The thing is, he I looks about think, 50 in these pictures. I would take Jeff Carson's right now. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> I that love game, it. He had to get some Excited. backs. Love him. Dan, I have a question for you, actually. That's not really baseball related. Sure. How great does it feel to have your own Wikipedia page? Oh, I, I'd be happier <laughs> if like someone ever updated it. Did you update it first? No, I've never updated it. If, it was, if I updated it, it would be accurate. But like I worked for ESPN for nine years, and last I checked, my uh, Wikipedia page didn't even mention that, <laughs> uh, which it shows how how very borderline relevant I am to get a Wikipedia page. If it, if it's updated like once a decade, I maybe. don't know. It says currently he is a senior contributor for ESPN, oh, senior so, writer oh. for Fangraphs. Oh, someone has updated that. That is highly interesting. I once tried to make my own Wikipedia page. I got deleted quickly. I once listed myself as a notable alumni. <laughs> I've um, done that too. The university of Louisville. And it got deleted. Yeah. 
Yeah, I created one for my friend and it got deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dan. Yeah, I think if someone yeah. notices this, it'll probably get deleted at some point. <laughs> I mean, look, it says on the top, this article has an unclear citation style. <laughs> and then in the parentheses, September 2009. No one has fixed that message in in uh, 12, going on 12 and a half years. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You keep that one home run in Brian Hayes' stat line, and we'll get this updated for you, Dan. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't or do it. I can't do that. That's... It was a home run, though. <laughs> it has to count, or I can't count it. I can't count. There's no category for moral home runs. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if it was uh, inside the parker, it would count. Put it this way: any velocity data from that is still in the mix. Okay. All right. So, okay. It's, it's, it's not it's a counting shrine. It's not a counting stat, but the data still survives in that projection somewhere. It does have a legacy. I, I think we well, need to change to that. Good to know. All right. I got one last question on, on I, I, I want to talk about the Pirates bullpen. One person in the Pirates bullpen. And that's uh, Chris Stratton. His, his was lower than I assumed it would be because he's coming off of two seasons of being a pretty effective relief pitcher. You know, he's, so I wonder, I wonder if he kind of has that similar situation that, you know, we just talked about with Thompson where, you know, Zips is projecting five starts. Like, I wonder if his five starts are, are bringing him down and, or, or, or what, I don't know, but well, I, think part of it, I was expecting to be a little bit better. Yeah. I think part of it is that, uh, well, for, for one, like his FIP wasn't amazing. It wasn't like it was way below his ERA and Zips really, really did not like his 2019. And so that's still in the mix. I can actually give you a projection, another ultra corrupt projection. I can delete everything prior to 2020 from the history of the world and then reproject Chris Stratton, which I will do. Uh, I'd better not save or I will have broken something. Or I was going to say, can you even just, because he was, he was pretty good once he came over from the angels too. Could you could just keep his pirates numbers? Oh, I already, I'm already deleting like, <laughs> most of human history for you. Uh, with only Thanos over here. Yeah. With, with all <laughs> so much greed in this, in this podcast uh, <laughs> with only 2020 and 2021 projected zips would project Stratton to a 3.92 ERA. Okay. Not good so for me. Can you a bump lot that of up? that is just 2019's <laughs> yeah. legacy and 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 before yeah. uh, 2018. Yeah, he was a starter, but Zips translates him into a reliever at the time, but not a very good one back then. He he is a better picture now, but there's still some risk. And I think again, if he had had a longer 2020 where he did that, then the projection would look a lot better. Dan, I don't believe your computer. My eye test says he's better. <laughs> well, you you. It's fine to disagree with the projections. I do all the time. Okay, then fix it. That's true. Well, I can't earlier, fix it. it has, I have no. It has to be wrong. It has to be wrong sometimes in order yeah. for it to be. Yeah. You can pretend that all the pirates <laughs> ones are the ones that are going to be yeah, wrong. But we <laughs> might not. You know, you're going to kill Chris Stratton's arbitration years because we're not going to have a season this year, and Chris Stratton's 
going to go in there and Ben Sherrington is going to tell him that Zips projected him at a four something ERA. <laughs> so you're getting paid on that. Yeah. But if he, if he, if he makes less then the pirates will not trade him for a little bit longer. No, I want to trade him. He's old. <laughs> I need more. Well, what I was going to say is that's actually what's going to happen with this whole, you know, CBA contract. I mean, they're already talking about using the MLB pipeline for, you know, arbitration to start using zips instead. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, I mean, that, it's 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 like a joke, but it's also funny because you know the whole let's have let's have f- Fangraphs War determine salaries, right. which was a really awful idea that obviously the players would not take. But I kind of joke like like they should not use zips to determine salaries, <laughs> but if they do, I kind of want like a cut off the top, like just point oh one percent. Like, like my vig for, for doing this, like just like the Dan portion yeah. of every deal, the, the, yeah. the Dan revenue, just again, not greedy 0.01%. You know how many owners would be calling you? No, I was going to say bunch of back, back to my question at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Now how corrupt do you become Dan? <laughs> well, it depends. Not one I- man should have all that power. And now Dan's well, like, <laughs> well, no one's offered me 0.01% of the entire MLB payroll before. <laughs> that's, Everybody that's I mean, in the end that's how you has keep, a price. I think that's because how you absolute keep power him. corrupts. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you keep them from being corrupt is you give him a cut. There you go. I give. If I were Dan, I would be the most corrupt individual of all time. <laughs> if that was on the table for me, thank God you aren't. <laughs> but see, determining salaries is a, you have a lot more potential for for corruption. Uh, yeah, like I would I be like, pushing for it. I mean, as an Orioles fan, just think of the damage I could do. Uh, let's see, Adley Rutschman, um, he doesn't project too well. Uh, he's replacement level, so uh, minimum salary. Yeah, naked of four. I think he owes you guys money. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, and as as for the Yankees, oh, whoa, Garrett Cole has that 15-word projection. <laughs> Yankees have to pay a lot this year. Oh, yeah. That would be, be great. Yeah. I would be Bernie Madoffing everything. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't end with me in jail for some reason. But if I were you, oh yeah, give show me the money. <laughs> Tyler's like, if I were you, yeah, I'd be federal crime. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, if I if I were was the corrupt ruler of baseball salaries, I would give a pirates one pirates picture a good projection. Who I would, would it declare. Be? I don't know. I guess just the, since he's the closest. We just call it uh, the 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 Brubaker breakout. There we go. Or maybe oh, Contreras, man. because we haven't really talked about uh, Renzi Contreras. Zips yeah, we haven't, like we haven't talked about him. He's he's they uh, they say he's their best pitcher. Yeah, which I tend to agree with that. And I mean, I hope he actually he could be it. good. I mean, he was he was picked up in the in the Tyone deal. I mean, he could be good. I we're we're not just saying that with faint praise. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I mean he he pretty much was dominant in Double A. Um, I, I would imagine he probably will, you know, start in Triple A this year. But yeah, should get. I mean, I think Zips projects them right around where where I would think. You know, sixteen starts. That that would be that's a pretty good guess. I think. Um, I think Pirates fans are expecting like 
him to come up and be an ace right away, which you know rarely ever happens. But um, but no, he's he is a good pitcher, I think. And I think uh, are these this this one hundred four ERA plus? You know, I don't know if you can look this up, but like Mitch Keller, like when he was debuting around this age, was he considered to higher or lower than Contreras at this time? Oh, uh, I. I think this was before Zips kind of soured on him. So I guess off the top of my head, probably fairly similar. Yeah. But I'll take that the wrong way. I mean, the you guys have a little karma coming your way if if there's justice, because you never got, you know, that 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 uh that glorious one two of, of Cole Tyone for years that you mean that one, two, three of Cole Tyone glass now? Okay, but you <laughs> but you never had that that wonderful golden age. Yeah, yeah. Old Tyon Glass now Kingham, and, and and with an outfield of Kutch. Yeah, I never Polanco promised Polanco Marte. Polanco Marte. <laughs> Pedro outfield. Yeah. Well, you know, too, Dan. Um, you know, I can only imagine too if I ran Zips. You know, big baseball fan. I probably have a person like every year I'm like anticipating, like wondering that wanting to see what it turns out to, you know, maybe who was like your favorite or most interesting player or players heading into 2022 that you wanted to see what their outcomes were going to be. Uh, my favorite was kind of a trio of Kansas city Royals uh, as weird as that sounds uh, because they had some pretty significant breakouts in the high minors, uh, Nick Prado, MJ Melendez and Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, and I was really interested to see their projections and there are solid projections, but I was definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how the Royals screw it up. <laughs> I'm not very nice about the Royals. I used to bag on them more, but the, the Rockies have been funnier lately. <laughs> I love I think it's interesting. But yeah, I was going to say, I love the bash of the Rockies. Yeah. I love everything you say about it. I don't know why, but I mean, I think cause I, Agree to pretty much all of it as well, but you do it in such a great way. Yeah, uh, the, uh, I can actually give you some Mitch Keller updates. Uh, he did not project as well as Contreras does now. Um, I can give you like in the history in 2018, Keller projected uh, for a 91 ERA plus. In 2019, that dipped down to an 87 ERA plus. Before 2020, that that jumped up to a 97. ERA plus. So we're kind of, you know, we're improving a little. And before last season, uh, it dropped back down to a 96. So it was staying in kind of that vague middle ground territory. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe that this is 91. That's the lowest that's projected so far. Interesting. I, I mean, you could argue he's not even close to as dominant as Contreras has been in the minors. Yeah, you could you could definitely make that <laughs> argument. Yeah. Keller was definitely like the higher rate yeah. ranked prospect. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, no one can argue. Like Keller never had a season like Contreras did last year. Keller's more on the Quinn mm-hmm. or Quinn Priester's more on the Keller path. Well, he- Contreras actually projects at 22, a little ahead of where Garrett Cole was. Oh, 
Wow. Zips had uh, Cole, and obviously their their path through the minors has been different. Uh, but Zips had Cole at a 90 in 2013, uh, a 104 going to 2014, 108 into 215, 2015, then 118, 111, 106. Uh, and then when he, after that wow. year with the Astros, you know, 127, 141, and yeah. So does Zips take into account that he just stopped throwing two seamers all the time? Uh, at that point, it, it, it did not consider a pitch mix at all. So we know Anil Cruz is going to be a Hall of Famer. And so also <laughs> Contreras better than Garrett Cole. So in uh, all the dreary talk Pirates. we've had on this episode, a lot of positives coming out. So Pirates Nation thanks you, Dan. <laughs> Kill Those are the two you. takeaways. Two takeaways. That's it. <laughs> I'll kill all of you, and then I'll get <laughs> seven years in prison, since apparently people don't go to prison according to Felipe Vasquez. Well, I mean, if you're already doing that, you might as well just go ahead and take some, you know, <laughs> take some income here, Dan. Be corrupt yeah. all the way, right? I guess. I guess that's easier than, than triple murder. Hey, one thing I once did, uh, I like to play with uh, this neural network thing online. And I once had the computer neural network generate me the weirdest place to hide dead bodies. It now I am just now fully aware of why you created a projection system for Major League Baseball 20 years ago. (laughs) You read Moneyball one time and was like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. No, I was already doing stat nerd stuff when Moneyball came out. Moneyball just made us all employable. True. And also the movie was fake. But, you know, here's the thing. There's only one movie in the history of the world in which kind of a nerdy baseball guy is going to be portrayed by Brad Pitt. Very true. That's not who Brad Pitt usually plays. So I've already determined I have kind of a related Moneyball story uh, that involves my girlfriend who will not hear this, thankfully. Uh, uh, More shocked he has one of those. She's always tried to understand exactly what it is I do uh, because she's not into sports at all, not into baseball at all. And she has no idea why people give me money for baseball things. (laughs) She just kind of accepts that's the reality of, of my life. Uh, so I once tried to explain to her, this was year, this was years ago. I tried to explain what it was I did. And I asked her, cause she had seen Moneyball. I said, like the things they talked about in Moneyball, uh, that's the kind of stuff I do. Uh, and she took that a little too literally. Uh, I had done some data consulting at the time, not with the A's, but she kind of got the idea. I was saying I was one of the people in the Oakland organization. And she figured since I looked kind of like Jonah Hill that because I told her that Jonah Hill was based on a composite of people, uh, JP Ricciardi and others. She thought I was one of the people that Jonah Hill was based off of. And I did not know she believed this for like five or six years after this conversation until she mentioned it to someone and I, I couldn't help it. And I had to kind of say, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> And she was so embarrassed and she was so mad at me for some reason. Like I never said that I was that Jonah Hill played me in that movie. Well, it's funny you say that Dan, because I'm looking at your Wikipedia page and I see it there now. 
So <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you are telling a lie. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do I have to watch? Morpheus <laughs> played by Jonah Hill. Uh, but no, what, what I will the, tell you now is the, the picture on the Wikipedia page was just Jonah Hill. <laughs> Well, actually, what I was going to say is, yeah, I'm going to put the the Brad Pitt picture up. Dance, dance, and Borsky. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a more that's a more optimistic uh, uh, visual comparison, at least. You have to be jealous of the baseball prospectus guys that got yeah. to run an independent team and wrote a book about uh, it. Oh, yeah, that, that they, they sound like they had a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun, like a ton. I don't know if I would do well running a team. I think I'm a little too difficult a person. I would also just throw my own opinion into things. I wouldn't trust the computer. Well, that's why you're not book. running it. Well, that was I mean, the whole point. My of opinions, it. my opinions always. Well, that great, was the so. whole point of the experiment, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not great with experiments. I would. My experiment is my eyeballs are better than yours. So back to Ziff's. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if you guys had anything more to to dive in pirates wise, because again, it's it's pretty bleak, but I definitely want to get Dan on here to talk again. Well, we can we can talk after the season and and rate how the bleakness went. I like that. There we go. Yeah, I like that. Talk I think I think we wall. talked enough about the I think we talked enough about the pirates. For sure. <laughs> Well, guys, I do appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Yep. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, and I guess, I don't know. I mean, I know we talked in, but if you want to plug in anything else you have going on, whatever, let everyone know. No, just you can or find me on know. Twitter at DZborski. That's D-S-Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-I-S-Z-Y if you are in Canada. Uh, you can read my work at Fangraphs and occasionally still at ESPN. And that's pretty much all. I do not have a book coming. Yeah, so it's Wikipedia. <laughs> well Dan again thanks for coming on we'll talk to you maybe after the season and, and I will tear your zips apart once the Pirates do Sounds get that very 80, 83 game winning season into the playoffs alright see you later bye bye okay. see you guys <laughs> Peace out, see you guys see ya